The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Welcome to A Guided Life Podcast, where we talk about all things spirit and life. I'm your host, Laura West. Follow me on Facebook at GuidedWest11, on Instagram at GuidedWest, and on Twitter at LauraWest111. I also have a website at www.laurawest.net, where you can download a free guide on how to meet your own spirit guides. My book, Guided, is available on Amazon, and it's about soul teams, intuition, mediumship, and spiritual tools such as oracle and tarot cards, crystals, pendulums, and so much more. My guest today is Charlie Mack. Charlie's mission was initially inspired by her own journey through balancing kids and career and then healing from two abusive marriages. Now, as a certified coach, speaker, author, and founder of Wild Fempreneur, her unique science meets spirit approach helps fempreneurs free themselves from all the pleasing, performing, and perfecting that's been holding them back so they can own their power, step into their confidence, and build their legacy. Hi, Charlie. I'm so excited to have you on the show with me today. Thank you so much for joining me. I am so glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me. I am very excited to talk about your journey, talk about the, the relationship that you have with your spirit guides. But I first want to talk about the amazing things that you are up to these days. Oh my goodness, so many things. <laughs> uh, I have been jumping onto a couple of podcasts and yours included. I'm so Yay. grateful <laughs> to be here. Uh, and I'm getting ready to launch a podcast of my own. And uh, let's see, what else can I tell you? I'll, t- I'll circle back to that at the end. I'm working with one-on-one clients. I usually do that by invite only, occasionally by referral. It sort of depends. And I am launching a small paid group. I have a whole thing that I could talk like forever about that, about (laughs) free groups on social media and how they're just kind of containers to sell you things. And uh, so I wanted to do something different than that. And that's what I've done with Wild Fempreneur. So that's the name of the podcast also. And that's kind of what I'm up to right now is launching that. Nice. Well, you certainly are busy, but it sounds like you're doing some amazing things for um, for the uh, world of entrepreneurship and just whatever feels very aligned to you. So how mm-hmm. wonderful is that? When you say one-on-one um, with clients, and I know you said by inviter or even referral, mm-hmm. what type of work are you doing one-on-one? I am not a business coach. 
I do talk with some of my clients about their business and I'll throw ideas on the table just for giggles, share experience, what have you. But that's not really what I do. What I really do is help women find the, their own power. I think even the word power scares some of us away. And there's layers and layers of programming to dig into, but really it's about developing a one-on-one relationship with your inner supervillain. That's what I call your subconscious. <laughs> and oh my God, uh, I love that. mine even has a name, Lucy. Evil <laughs> so, Lucy. Yes. And so when Lucy gets out of hand, I, you know, have to have talks with her and therapize <laughs> her a little bit. Um, but I think that that's a really important part of personal growth is to develop a relationship with our subconscious, basically, because our subconscious runs the show 95% of the time. So, you know, might want to get to know that, that alter ego a little bit. So <laughs> I think that that's so great. I've had another guest on who talked about the importance of the internal work versus the external. And I think that maybe what's happening is we kind of went through this whole uh, vibe of what affects us externally, uh, what we pick up on from the outside, uh, that I think it's great to hear that people like yourself are bringing it back to internal and helping people realize it's all within them already to begin with. You just have to fight, find and fight that super villain. (laughs) Totally. Well, one of the things that I've learned on my own journey being, I'll say a fempreneur is two things. One is that it's so much harder than they I'll throw out the air quotes, tell us it is, right? I am probably friends with, oh goodness, over a thousand business coaches. So I hear it all the time and no disrespect to them. What they do is amazing. But I hear a lot of numbers. I see a lot of numbers getting talked about. And um, the mission, I never hear about the mission of their client, meaning, right? You know, here's Sally. She's helped a thousand women, blah, blah, blah that I want to hear about. And I think that that some of that is true because we're finally at a place where we can be really anything we want to be. And I think something happened, a door opened and a bunch of us went, I'm going, I'm going to go now before the door closes. Right. And in our rush to claim what we know is rightfully ours and what we should have, I think some of us have skipped over steps in that eager rush to obtain without focusing on the journey itself. And I guess that's really what I do is I help fempreneurs focus on the journey to get where they are going, as opposed to just focusing on the end result. Got it. Which I think translates so importantly to so many different aspects in our lives, like a spiritual journey, for instance, the importance of what happens in between point A and point B uh, and the growth that occurs in that space. So um, I I would like to talk about your podcast right now and the process that you went through (laughs) to finally decide to to do it because, and the reason why I want to bring this up is because I think that there are lots of people, not just women, not just men, but people who have a lot to give, a lot to share, a lot to teach, but it's just pulling that trigger and 
saying, okay, I'll do it. What was that process like for you when you finally decided to, when you decided, I don't know, when the inkling came in, oh, I should do a podcast to where you are now launching here pretty soon. Well, here's what's funny about that. Um, I think when I was 12, I knew that I was going to be really before that, way before that. I was probably eight now that I think about it. Anyway, back in the day, I was reading Laura Ingalls Wilder books like crazy. So for those of you who don't know who that is, um, that's Little House on the Prairie and a famous set of books that I grew up with and was reading at a very, very young age. I was an advanced reader. I was very into it and later became an English teacher. So there you go. That makes sense. But, there you uh, go. All that being said, um, I knew I was going to serve you know, when I was really tiny. And, and that's what I went on to do. I became a writer, I became a teacher. And the field of writing is as you know, as a profession is so challenging. Sometimes you feel like you're selling your soul when you're submitting something, you know, <laughs> it's like, how much will be left when I'm done? I don't even know. That sort of <laughs> thing, right? And then I went on to teaching. And I've sort of circled back now that I'm less young, I'll say. <laughs> mature. I, yes. <laughs> well, I don't know about mature. <laughs> um, but, but I have sort of circled back to the idea of, you know, I always said I was going to write a book. I need to do that. So I um, have been published as a contributing author in two books um, that luckily for me went international bestsellers. Uh, and then I, I went on to start a novel and, and gave it up. Then I went on to start another book, gave it up. Long story short, probably eight years ago, I thought I should do a podcast for other women who have been, you know, conned because that's sort of part of my story is I went through a couple of very challenging relationships. And, uh, and that was what I wanted to do. And long story shorter, I don't know, I guess about three months ago, I was sitting in my living room thinking about the journey that I've been on, which, girl, at least two episodes. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I mean, just as an entrepreneur, just starting my business and getting to where, where I am right now, at least two episodes. So there I was. I was having one of those moments where I was doubting myself and questioning, you know, what what am I doing here? What is my point? What is it that I want? Because at that point, I probably had like 75 things on my plate. And, you know, I was speaking, I was, you know, showing up here and going over there and, you know, way too many irons in the fire. And that's when I realized that I needed to coach myself. <laughs> and, and I have a, I have a coach. So, um, but, you know, sometimes we forget as coaches that, we need some coaching. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I reminded myself that, and this is what I say to my clients, is that the things that you said yes to that got you where you are, are the very things that are going to trip you up when you're there. And wherever there is keeps moving, right? So uh, just as everything that we do to get there keeps moving. And so... I, I, I heard that in my head. It probably wasn't even me saying it, but I heard it. And I was like, oh, right. Of course. Of course. And that's when it hit me. Girl, just do what you love. What is it that you really love doing? 
And that's when it came back to the podcast that I had been thinking over for like eight years of, oh, I don't know, and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And I thought, that's really where I want to pour some creative juices. I enjoy everything that is, you know, ingrained in making a podcast. So there it is. That was a very long answer. <laughs> that's what I was looking for. <laughs> I was looking for that. Uh, and you know what? I have to agree with you. The the podcasting process has been so much fun. I feel like I can be creative and social, but just up to a certain extent because I'm also introverted and I need rest. <laughs> you Same. know, but at, but it, there's just there's just something about it that I I just look forward to being with it and listening to it. I'm like, oh, I'm going to listen to it again. See what see what the listeners hear when they hear. It. It's just really silly, but but I but I love it. I've learned so much, so I can completely relate to the excitement and the 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 idea of pouring energy into this because at the same time, running a podcast it uh, it does require energy. You know, there's the the pre-production work, there's the recording itself, the post-production work, unless you have the money to hire somebody, you're kind of doing a lot of that on your own. It does take time for it to come out good. You know, you yeah. could put anything out there, but if to put it, put something out good for the listener, um, it does take a lot of work and energy. So good you have the, uh, the energy to do so and the motivation to do so. Probably attribute it to your, uh, to your guides and, and whoever you work with on the other side. Very giving much you that energy. Very much. Yeah. It's, it's been an interesting year for that specifically for all things spirit. So <laughs> uh, can we go into that, please? That sounds yes. really interesting. Yes. <laughs> um, let's see, where can I start? Okay. I am actually going to go back a little farther than that. So about three years ago, I was heading out to uh, my birthday and I was so excited. I was meeting my daughter at Disney. Actually, it was was this only two years ago? I'm so sorry. It was during COVID. So I'm trying to remember. Like, what year was <laughs> such that? a blur. <laughs> really, it is. <laughs> so it was my first time venturing kind of out and about. And uh, and that's what made me remember. Oh, right. It was during COVID because uh, you know, everyone was masked. Disneyland was not open. We were just going down to downtown Disney to yep, I remember know, that. have yep. a lovely mm -hmm. meal and kind of do that thing. So there we were. And uh, right before I, I went to go, I grabbed my phone and did a little selfie and jumped online and, uh, and said, you know, oh, hey, everyone, thank you for wishing me happy birthday. I'm going to go out now. La 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 la. And this is the second time this happened, but this was really profound for me because of how it happened. So there I was standing on the stairs at my place and an orb shot from behind me. It literally went kind of like this and like that into the camera. And so you could literally see it go shoo, shoo, in two completely different directions, like lickety split, right? And, and I watched it back. And this happens to be on my birthday, which for me, I'm a Leo. So it's like a sacred, sacred day. Coming up again. <laughs> all sacred about day. me. It's a holiday, <laughs> national holiday. <laughs> Seriously. It's the day of the Leo. <laughs> the day of Charlie's birth. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and so there I was, you know, having that really great moment. My hair looked great. Everything was great. And and I saw it. And this was the second time that I, you know, can't, can't, you know, excuse it away, can't make something up, can't put it aside. This is really, really real. 
And that really clicked probably for the first time in my entire life. As much as I've known it and lived it and trusted in it in ways that I didn't even understand that I was doing. If you had ever asked me, I would have said, oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, we go to the other side, la, la, la. I, I could tell you, I talked to my grandma, like just always. But this, I don't know, there was something magical and special about the knowing, the really deep knowing that came with it. And so that started me off on this kind of journey that I've been on, I guess, two years now. And I have worked with the most incredible a psychic medium, Ellie Charles, if you're listening, um, really most incredible human that I've ever met. And I had this moment with her where we were she was doing a reading for me and we were having a conversation and I had secretly said to my auntie, my auntie um, passed away a few years ago. And I had secretly said to her, you know, if I'm on the right track with my logo and I had, you know, made this decision and had altered my logo and like fully committed to some big changes, including doing a podcast, that kind of thing. And I was really kind of freaking out. And, uh, you know, I took the plunge and now I was like, was that a good decision? I don't even know. So I had asked her and I said, listen, if I'm on the right track, if you could just tell her something about shoe, anything involving shoes, I'll know it's you. And I'll know that you're telling me, go girl, go. Right. Oh, this is going to be good. I can tell. (laughs) Oh yeah. So I'm in my session with Ellie and she's sharing some amazing things that, you know, I needed to hear for sure. And, uh, and she says, yeah, your auntie's here. And, you know, this, we had met several times before and she says, yeah, your auntie's here, but she's not telling me anything special. And I said, yeah, cause I asked her to, you know, lay something on you if, you know, if, if I'm kind of going down the path that I would prefer or whatever. And, and she goes, but wait, why is she showing me her shoes? And I was ah! like, oh, I just started bawling, you know, because like I said, when you're, when you're hit with something that is no contest, no question, this is really, really real. You didn't invent it. You didn't make it up. It's not a piece of dust. It's, you know, all the things that we do, right. To try to make sense of things. And it, I just, those are probably the, the most two poignant moments I've had in the last two years that just really... Not only do I know that my grandmother and my auntie are there and when I talk to them that they listen and, you know, right down to shoes, which is so crazy. It just has given me such a different outlook on living, you know, of being a living person and, and taking chances and risks and what it means to be an entrepreneur. In fact, in preparation for my show, I Googled the word entrepreneur and... I don't have it in front of me, but something that really clicked for me, it said something about taking, you know, financial risks above and beyond. And I thought, holy cow, is that not exactly what it is? <laughs> and <laughs> and why maybe, because this has been a question on my mind for a while is, you know, like when, when you look on anywhere, TV, internet, whatever, and you look for a powerful speaker or coach or whatever, almost always it's a man. And uh, not only, 
But, you know, when you look at a grouping like, oh, all the people are going to be here and you look at the list, it's like 17 men and three women. What's up with that? I keep seeing this over and over and over again. And, you know, I don't have any problems with men. I love men. They're, they're fun. But, you know, why is it that they seem to, I don't know, be trusted more or something? And this has been like a question that's been on my mind a lot lately. So just related to being an entrepreneur, when I read that, it, that sort of clicked for me. And I thought, oh, right. Because as women, we're less inclined, generally speaking, less inclined to want to take financial risks because, you know, we're thinking about 15 million other things, overhead and kids and house and bills and all the things differently. I won't say more than men, but differently, I would think. And, and maybe that's why. So I was just thinking about that and, and why, why there's this, you can feel the shift, the energetic shift that women are stepping up and into. And uh, yeah, I'm just fascinated by the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, that's so interesting. Um, perhaps it's one of those things that I also noticed about like a speaker's list, uh, but I'll pay more attention to that um, because that's, that's a really, really good point. I mean, women have so much to offer as much yeah. as men. So, well, and especially to each other. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, like, why would we trust a man to tell us whatever? You know, not how that we're supposed he to can't be trusted, but you know, <laughs> I mean, ask another yeah, yeah. woman. Yeah. She's going to be able to tell you, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so great that, you know, you decided to take that step in and put your voice out there. Um, Cause it's similar to how you mentioned writing the book and kind of giving your soul <laughs> yeah. part of your soul. You're putting it out there. It's very vulnerable, right? Yeah. The podcast is is as well in a different way. So, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, thank you for having the courage to do it. As as we know, this mission is definitely bigger than the two of us. So we're playing we're playing our part. That's for sure. Exactly. Um, I wanted to talk about John. Yes. Can we talk about John? Yes. Can we talk about Hi, how you met him? And John is a love interest, but not in the way that people may think. <laughs> Can we John talk about how love. you met him and whatever else you want to share about him? Sure. So John is my spirit guide. I will uh, spoil the ending there a little bit. So it was right around the same time where um, it was like a year prior to the orb incident before COVID. And I had gone to the Renaissance Fair. So I don't live in California anymore. I now live in Las Vegas. But uh, when I was living in California, I lived right down the street from, from there. And I have gone to the Renaissance Fair. I'm one of those nerds. And I've been going there since I was five years old. My parents started taking me. They were hippies. They were like, oh, this looks cool. you know. And I just kept going. And uh, like full costume, full, full, full costume. With I would all love to the see trimmings. a picture. I would love oh, to see a picture. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'll, ha- <laughs> I'll have to send you one. Please. It's, you know, the full costume. And that's not cheap unless you made your own. It's, uh, I mean, all the bits and pieces together, probably about $1,200, $1,300. Yeah. So yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Um, I love not Renaissance enough. fairs too. Uh, I don't, I don't dress up. Unfortunately, I don't have anything, but we just went to the one they had here locally, um, a few, uh, uh, maybe like a month and a half ago and looking at some of the venues where, or the vendors where they were selling these beautiful dresses. We're like, Oh, how much is that one on the, on the model? 
oh yeah, that one's about twelve hundred dollars. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And I got mine in the good old days when they were only nine hundred and change, right? And then then oh, you start thinking, adding. yeah. Then you like have to have feathers and a little kerchief or you know a good mug or whatever it is. And totally, pretty soon, yeah. you know, a belt is seventy dollars, and you're like, what am I doing? I'm not even going to wear this until next year. But yeah, anyway. So that's me. I still have my bin of Renaissance Fair costumes ready at hand. So there I was, and I was trying on a corset. And, you know, they pull the strings pretty tight. <laughs> and, and I, it was somewhat early-ish in the morning. I think it was around 1030, which is pretty early for, for fair. And I was already kind of having a little drinky drink and uh, just a cider, nothing major. But, <laughs> but, you know, I hadn't eaten yet. And I had a little like moment where I realized I'm about to pass out. And so I just, I know that feeling of the, you know, seeing the fuzzy things arrive, you know? So I said to the gal, do you have a stool or something? I, I, and I was doing one of those and they grabbed a stool and they set it there and I sat on the stool and that's the last thing I remember. And I've never done this before, publicly passed out, you know? And that's exactly what I did. My daughter later, she was with me and she later informed me that I literally went like backwards, like full backwards on the stool and then slid off it and fell onto the ground. And my daughter said, it's the craziest thing because we, we now talk about this because she knows who John is and everything. Um, suddenly, I, I remember dreaming and like the act of dreaming and that freaked me out a little bit because I, as I was coming to, I realized, okay, I've passed out, but I'm dreaming. What, what is that about? Like, why am I like, why am I seeing things on the other side? Right. And, uh, and, and that's what I said as I was waking up and I said, why am I seeing things on the other side? And I looked up and the most incredible eyes I've ever seen were looking down at me. And it was, it was a moment that's really hard to explain to capture it properly, but it's sort of like waking up in your mother's arms when you're a little in, you know, and you have that feeling of everything's good, everything's safe, everything's warm, everything's yummy, but times a hundred because I just had a knowing. And like I said, at this point, I hadn't seen the orb and, and had all of that, you know, full awakening yet. Uh, but I had a knowing that this was an angel. And I just kept looking at him and I was literally laying back and he was like holding my hand, my head. And he was like, everything's okay. You're going to be fine. And I was like, Wow. Thank you. <laughs> I was just so like, wow, you know, I was just so, wow, you know, doing that. And he was just really calm and he was super patient and polite. And he had on Renfair garb. He looked like a human. Everything was fine. But I just knew. And I, like I said, there's no other way to really explain that unless you've had that experience. But I just knew. And, um, and, Later, my daughter said, Mom, it was incredible. It was like you fell and then he was just there holding your head. And she said, I 
I can't even explain it. And I said, you don't have to, because, you know, I know it was, I know it was John, so it's fine. Because since then I've seen John's face again. But anyway, so long story short, er, <laughs> I say that a lot. So I had this magical moment and somebody said, you know, oh, they're coming. And that's like the security with the yellow shirts and they show up and they usually have a paramedic who, or a, a nurse or somebody who, you know, does your vitals and all that jazz. And as soon as you heard the rustling of here they come, he was gone. And I was sitting up and I was like, did I, did I sit up? I don't remember. And, and I asked Anna and she didn't remember. And we were both just like, wow. And she was like, wow. And I was like, I know. I was like, something, something was magical about that. And she's like, I know. Right. And then we just kind of forgot about it and went on with our day. And so fast forward to just about a year ago now. So I had seen the orb. I'd started to have these really incredible happenings. Like it was like a switch. As soon as it turned on, a ton of things that had happened my entire life started to make sense. I've always had crazy vivid dreams. And I've always thought, these are not my dreams. Why am I having these dreams? Now I understand that they're my other lives and I'm having all those. It's crazy. But anyway, so all that being said, um, so I was still kind of going through those changes. And I attended a session with uh, Richard Knight. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's also a psychic medium and tarot. Uh, that's where I learned to do tarot is from him. So, um, so Richard Knight did, I was part of his, uh, I was trained by him. Um, so I'm in his group and he does a, like a guided meditation for us. And so we're on the journey and it's to meet our guide, whoever our current guide is. And he was sort of explaining, you know, we can have a lot of them and, uh, you know, whoever is working with you now could change. It, it could be somebody who's worked with you many times in, in different lives. You, do, you just don't know until you know, right? And he said, so that's why we're doing this today. La, 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 la. So he takes us on this meditation and we, you know, go off into the forest and there's a magical gate and we go through the magical gate and then we sit on the magical bench and then you put your hand out on both sides just to see like, does one person take your hand? Just if you like all the things, right? And I felt it just so, so firmly felt the hand in my hand and saw John's eyes again. And like, I just knew, I was like, that's that guy from the fair, you know, <laughs> what's the wildest <laughs> feeling. And cause I know those eyes, they're, they're magical and so full of love and patience and kindness. And so I'm seeing those eyes and I'm feeling the hand and I was, I didn't want to even want to open my eyes cause I was worried I was going to miss something. Right. And at one point, you know, it's a guided meditation. He says something about asking you know, what's your name? And then he had explained that it doesn't mean that that's really their name. They're, they could just be giving us something for us, like a little totem name, you know, <laughs> like you could call me John kind of a thing. And that's what I heard. I heard John super crystal clear. So I wrote all this down and then I went back and I shared and, uh, and, and I got the, yeah, that was real, you know, back. And then it happened again when um, Ellie had also taken me through a guided meditation. And so because it's happened twice, it's definitive for me. So I talk to John a lot. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love that you share. That's one of the ways that I share with people how they can meet 
their spirit guides is with a guided meditation, not mm-hmm. the passing out part. I don't yeah. recommend that. But, <laughs> not the, the, but the guided meditation. Yeah, that one. That's a great way too. now. Um, I think by that point, you know, you had seen John already. So you were able to see him again and sort of validate that. But I know for many people, it does take a little bit of trust of what's coming through. It's not your imagination, that sort of that sort of thing. So Yeah, well, I think that that that's one of the big misnomers. Uh, at least it was for me that um, I would hear alternate voices or what have you, or, you know, I've seen some amazing things. I'm a big Gaia watcher. So I've seen all the, all the things from A all the way to Z that are, you know, some of them are a little out there. Some of them make you be <laughs> yeah. like, wow, I, I'm worried that that's real. You know, like it, uh, it makes you question yeah. a lot of things. Um, and yet my immediate understanding once it started happening to me is, oh, it's my own voice I hear. Oh, that's, and, and like sassy sometimes, sometimes that voice swears at me (laughs) and, and I think, and it's not Lucy. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and, and I have a moment where I have to add, like, is that Lucy or what is that? (laughs) Well, so I have a joke about that. So, um, I have read the most amazing book, Seat of the Soul. It's a forever old book. I remember seeing it on my mom's nightstand like 35 years ago or something. And um, it's a really, really good book, but it's it's a little bit of a thick read. Um, but he talks a lot about the soul and what it is and that there's many yous. And this is, the, think about it. This is a 35-year-old book. So to me, that's significant and profound, just that he was saying all of that. Then now we're all like, oh, yeah, that's normal, you know, but back then, (laughs) right, you know, anyway, so he was talking about how there were many us's. And, you know, he did this sort of analogy of like, you know, think of your soul as a ship. And, you know, this iteration of you is like a little rowboat being like, oops, here we go. You know, wait for me, wait for me. You know, and I, I really identified with the concept of that because that is how it feels often. When you're like, wait, <laughs> highest self, come back, you know. And then I, being an, an old English teacher, you know, I immediately flipped the analogy and said, wait a minute, I'm not a boat or a ship. Ew. <laughs> So I needed to personalize it more. So I decided that my highest self is a pirate queen. So I always say she's my soul ship pirate captain. And she is, you know, out surfing the waves of the universe, really just enjoying it on her ship. Right. And I'm still over here. Wait for me, you know, like on a deserted island. <laughs> yeah. And so really I'm three different people. And I thought, well, that, I guess that, that makes sense. So, you know, my highest self, my, you know, human experience self and this iteration of me, right. That will move on and become more or something else or who knows what. Right. And, uh, so all that being said, um, I talk to my highest self a lot. And so sometimes when I hear the voice and it comes back swearing at me, like, what the F do you, you know, what did, what do you think would happen or something like that? Something sassy. I'll, I'll realize, oh my gosh, that's my highest self talking. That is not my, you know, alter human self. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's not my subconscious. It's my highest self giving me shit. Oh, pardon me. <laughs> You're fine. You're fine. I try to limit the swearing on the podcast. <laughs> no, you're totally fine. Oh, that's that's funny. You know, that's I like that you put it that way because I never I just always whenever I think higher self, I think almost like a whole holy like like all knowing, but the sass. I love the sass. It's so relatable. So I really <laughs> like that. Thanks for sharing that. Sure. Well, I think you know, the highest version of me has to be sassy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. The idea of just personality and character and individuality. So I really like that. So would you say that you've had like multiple spiritual awakenings or was oh, that? Yeah. Can you talk about some of those? Sure. Well, you know, I had the big one, um, which was sort of late in the game. Like I had had a couple of different ones in when I was a youngster. When I was in my 20s, I had one where, um, and forgive me, those of you who are listening, who are avid churchgoers, um, I respect and appreciate all that is that world. Um, But at the time for me, something wasn't clicking. And I was really struggling to, I guess, sort of make sense of it all. And what I was hearing wasn't making sense. I had read, you know, the amazing book cover to cover seven times because somebody told me, well, you know, you're not a good Christian if you don't read the Bible seven times cover to cover. So I said, okay, I'm going to do that. And, you know, that's sort of how I am. (laughs) I go like all in. (laughs) Anyway, so I had sort of circled back around and, and was struggling with identifying where I fit in to any of all of that, right? And uh, not taking any power away from any of those beautiful words, but something else about the experience wasn't quite landing for me. And, um, And I had this moment where I was really going through a hard time in my life and I looked up to the heavens and I just said, listen, I need you to be here for me right now. So, you know, someone had said to me once, you know, you've got people, they're just sitting on the sidelines waiting for you to ask. And I, I bring that back a lot. In fact, I just did it last night. I was like, all right, y'all let's go get off the sidelines. <laughs> I'm putting out the go call. time. <laughs> it's go t- hike, hike, go. <laughs> uh, so it was one of those kind of moments, you know, And a shooting star happened and kind of answered a question that I was, you know, asking. And so that was the first real big moment. And it's funny because anyone could probably excuse that away. But, you know, when you're having that moment, you know. And and I guess that's what that was for me is that I knew someone was there and someone was listening. And I realized at that moment that that's all I really needed to know and that everything else was created by humans to make humans feel yummy. But that really all you need is to know that someone's there. You're not alone. It's all going to be okay. One way or the other. And that, that was huge. What a, what amazing advice um, and a reminder <laughs> to everybody, uh, the, the power of remembering that 
we really aren't alone, whether we have a John or anyone else on our soul teams. Um, we really, really aren't alone. And just asking them for help can make a world of difference. And I love how you put that where you saw the shooting star and anybody could have chalked it to coincidence or, sure. or not even a big deal, but you knew how profound it was for you. And it, that's so that's so true because many times I'll have something happen to me and I'd be excited to share it. And as I hear it coming out of my mouth, I'm like, gosh, it seems so anticlimactic when I actually say it, but yeah. it was such a real and significant experience for me. So I like how you, how you put that. I can relate to that. Yeah. Well, it's like that thing where, you know, like my grandfather likes to leave me feathers everywhere. And, and I just knew that it was him. And, and I don't know how I know that, but I just did. And, and I kept saying, it's gotta be you, grandpa, leaving me all these feathers. Cause I haven't seen him since I was, he died when I was little, I, I was about five or six, but you know, he used to sing with me and there were things. Um, anyway, fast forward to one of my sessions with Ellie and she says, oh, and she sort of describes what I understood to be my grandfather. And he's, she said, yeah, he's kind of standing, kind of kind of hanging out in the background. And I said, yeah, that makes sense because there's not a lot for us to talk about at this point because my memories are all from being five or whatever. So he's just kind of, hey, I'm here kind of a thing. And so right at that moment, I said, can I just ask who's doing all the feathers? And she said, oh, it's him for sure. And I said, mm -hmm, I knew it. I like knew that's it. what I thought. <laughs> yeah. But you know, what are you going to do? You run in the door. Look, look, I, I found a feather. <laughs> Some people are going to be like, yeah, the birds are around. Good, I know. good for I'm you. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, you don't understand. <laughs> yeah. My grandpa left it for me. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Uh, yeah. Well, Charlie, to help wrap up this amazing interview, um, would you mind doing a card reading? Because I know you said you read cards. I doing do. a card reading for the collective, for whoever is listening to this at the time that they're listening to it, it'd be a timeless reading that will resonate for them. Okay. This is for you, whoever's listening, who needs to hear this. I'm going to pull three cards real quick here. Ha ha ha. Interesting. Okay. So whoever you are who needs to hear this, you're going to know that it's you because what's going on with you is a decision about love. Uh -huh. It's not a standard, like, should I stay or should I go now? Kind of a love relationship question. It's deeper than that. It's, it's about, should I charge through the mighty jungle kind of a thing? Like I'm, I'm not, I'm in it. But should I go all the way in it? Because there's some fear there about trust. And yeah. And so the answer is, it's not in your hands. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, which is really, really interesting. So, so what I'm getting from that is that the wheel is always spinning. And that we can't stop the wheel from spinning the way that it's going to spin. And so if whoever you are out there, <laughs> if, if you are questioning, should I, should I go all in? Should I trust? Should I give my heart up? I think the question isn't about them. I think the question is about you. And I think that's, that's why like the wheel is going to keep spinning. Like whatever happens there is going to happen there. That's not in your control. So don't try to control the outcome. Instead, focus on why it is 
that you have had challenges going all in with trust and maybe look to channel some trust in a different direction temporarily and see if that helps you kind of open up a little bit. That's what I'm getting there. Oh, well, thank you so much. And was that tarot or oracle? Tarot. Lovely, lovely. Well, Charlie, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for that wonderful reading and for your story. Thank you. I'm so grateful. And that was another episode of A Guided Life Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, love and light always. Are you ready to ignite your best life and illuminate the world? I'm Stephanie James. I'm a motivational speaker, transformation coach, and psychotherapist. And what lights me up is helping people just like you create the greatest versions of themselves. On my podcast, Igniting the Spark, I will help you ignite your joy and reach new heights in your personal and professional life. Join me for some incredible conversations with authors, spiritual teachers, and other influential thought leaders to help guide you on your way. If you are ready to stop playing small, join me for Igniting the Spark on the mindbodyspirit.fm network or wherever you get your podcasts and ignite your best life.